Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Oh, let's two-man game all week. A little two-man game. What do you know? Conventional. You got a little guy. You got a big guy. That's right. That's a real two-man game. <laughs> this is a real uh, NBA jam combo right here. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. <laughs> My goodness, man. It's Monday. I'm feeling great on a Monday. I'm telling you, I'm completely rejuvenated. It has been since vacation. I can tell. You know what? Like, you just said, you, you just got feel a little different. Glow. We got Kale back, by the way, behind oh, yeah. the ones and twos. He also has that twinkle in his eye. I haven't seen him so long. Road that trip spark. beard. <laughs> Road trip beard. Going up. It's summer, though, Kale. It is summer, though. I mean, come on. Beards are hot. Um, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Some stuff that happened over the weekend. We asked you to send in mailbag questions. And me and Vote going to be doing uh, a little conversation. We might actually do a little bit more meta conversation this week. Okay. It's easier to do meta when there's two of us. When there's four people, it's like, come on. But we might be able to do some more abstract stuff, and that's what we're going to get into t- today. We're going to talk about in what ways was the championship as fulfilling as you expected. Most ways. And in what ways was it perhaps not? And what was that? how does that inform us for what's next for the Nuggets? Mm. Um, we're also going to do, there were some great questions about when will peak Jokic be? There's questions about what could you add to Jokic's game, Michael Porter's career high, all kinds of good stuff. We'll get into all of it. But first, my colleague, Brendan Vogt. Adam, I've told you this. I turned a new leaf recently. Mm. I'm a big walker now. I like yeah. walking around mm-hmm. today. Excellent walking Really? Around. It yeah. was good? Yeah, if you guys are bored, feeling like a little antsy in the house, go for a little walk. That, that is actually really good advice, although I will say we hung out at the park on Saturday. Vote showed up sweaty as shit. I did walk three miles. That was probably the limit to a social <laughs> gathering. Especially like three in the afternoon. Like out of breath. Hot. They're like, do you want a drink? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any water for us? Yeah. Um, so we have a lot of Nuggets conversation to get to. Did you know, by the way, Vlaco Chanchar plays on Wednesday? I didn't realize that. There's no. a scrimmage. That's a scrimmage. I don't even know. I mean, maybe some pirated website will have it or something. I'm going to try like hell because I actually am excited to watch him play. So am I, especially because in this context, it's some of when you get to see Vlaco <laughs> explore his game yeah. and flex his muscle. I don't know if you've seen every program. Pro-Am is on NBA.com now, and they tweet out all the highlights. I think Marjan Beauchamp went for 83 points. So there's different ones around the country. There's the Brunson League in, D- in D.C., or is it Baltimore? I think it's Baltimore. Edgar will kill me if I get that wrong. You've got the Seattle Pro-Am. You've got the Drew League. You know, you got the Colorado pro Many people are saying, see Derek White was here. That's right. You see That's Derek right. White with a shaved head, by the way? Looks completely different. I love it. I Do you? I hate it. I thought he had good hair. I think... Is he losing well, it? Well, he was losing it. Was he? Yeah, that was an early business decision. But I like embracing it because he has time to rebuild his identity. Yeah, you're right. You it know? is early enough. Yeah. Kale, chime in. Guard, shaved head. He's, he's, he's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So new, it's the new Derek White. I just like. I thought he had great hair to begin with, so I, I'm sad to see it go. Yeah, but when he if he dunks now, it looks a lot cooler because he kept it? the big beard. Yeah. He's got like a WWE That's vibe. That's such a different look to me, though. Shaved head beard is a is a look. He looks so different. Yeah, he looks so different. So we'll have to see. So there's pro ams all around. Um, Miami too, I think. Miami. Well. I mean, well, there's there. I used to play in the pro am, not to really, literally the Colorado pro am. 
And there would be guys that would come through. I mean, Earl Boykins, Chauncey Billups, you know, yeah. those names. Um, Jimmer Fredette, you know, like the list kind of drops off after a while, but it's not that deep of a program if I'm in there playing it. But so there is ones in every single league. So when Marjan Bochamp goes off for, what was it, 80-something points, my first thought was, must suck. <laughs> I know, man. And we like Marjan. Marjan we Bochamp. We're big fans. But... Someone's probably got to play a little defense. Don't you remember when Bones scored like 80-something points or something in that league? And you kind of watch it, and you're like, what is this, man? There are levels to this. You have to remind yourself, and we we, we beat this horse a lot on this show, um, but Torrey Craig, G League, looked like LeBron James. <laughs> so just the further, you, these guys are all better than you think, and yeah. the levels are all steeper than you think. I say that to say, Marjan Bochamp, wherever it was, let's say he was in Milwaukee, was playing against the Adam Matas of Milwaukee. Yeah. And if I were guarding Marjan Bochamp, easily 83 points. Yeah. Easily 83. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what I'm not doing? Getting on a highlight reel. Yeah, go, <laughs> yeah of course. Go yeah. ahead. Go right uh, ahead. Got me again. Um, also this weekend, though, but before we get into the Nugget stuff, I... Finally did Barbenheimer. Yes. This weekend. And I got a lot of takes. I'm like, you're a movie guy. We like to talk pop culture here. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. You've seen it. You saw it last week. Mm-hmm. So you you saw it right away. It. The two films separately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have seen Barbenheimer. They're in no way connected, but yep. are absolutely connected. Somebody was telling me that there's a new one, or maybe I saw it on Twitter, Saw and Paw Patrol. They're calling it Saw Patrol. <laughs> If this is what it takes to build a culture around cinema again, it might be. I'm in. You just pair two movies that come out the same weekend and have nothing else in common but that. And we act like that's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, we act and we're just like, yeah, you got to see Oppenheimer and Barbie, two movies that have nothing. Saw Patrol. Um, <laughs> I'll start with Barbie. It was funny. Like, so I went with my wife. I did not, wait, I didn't do the dress up thing. Well, congrats like, on the wife, first of all. Oh, man, it's been pretty great. Yeah, yeah. 13, 14 years, 15, 17, wow. I don't know, something like that. And so. We went, and it was cool to see everybody like dressed up. You know, like the event of it, I feel, was almost bigger than anything, which was, we'll file that away, because to me, it was one of my big, my big takeaways. I'll say, Barbie, five out of 10, six out of 10. I liked it. I yeah. thought it was funny in parts, but um, to me, it, it seemed like it's not a movie I probably would have seen if it weren't for Barbenheimer, so <laughs> which true. is to show the power of this weird thing that happened organically, by the way. Nobody put that together. No, it just no. happened. Well, that is why it's appealing, because it's been. Of course, it can be exaggerated. People have made films across the Marvel era, but it's been so long since anyone talked about going to the theater for an event. Right. And so the, the, I don't know how it happened organically, it seems, but that it came together that way is, I think, why so many people went in the first place. And I love it because I think they occupy two different important spaces in film and culture, especially in the summer. Really? Yeah. What are those spaces? Well, I considered Barbie a flick. And okay. <laughs> it's a summer flick, man. Okay. It's fun. I, I yeah. laughed enough times through the first 50, 60% of it to enjoy it. Back end, I thought rang a little hollow, but it's a fun summer film. And it was a reason to go to the movies. And those, not everything needs to be an Oscar winner, nor does it need to be a superhero movie. And to go to like a sort of middle ground film, does that, if that makes right. sense, was that had a lot of appeal to me. What I thought was interesting was, like I said, I wouldn't have seen this movie had I had it not been for the whole event of it. And that's part of like my big takeaway was how drawn in I was to all of that. And like I have to like I want to stay away from any of the politics of this because there because there are like sure? layers of it. I definitely do. Okay, but like that movie and then the weird one, the other one. Um, Sound of Freedom are like two of the biggest movies that have gone viral this summer. And they both went viral for almost nothing to do with the movie. 
And I'm just kind of wondering, like, what world, like, this is the world we live in now. When the Kardashians came out, you know, 20 years ago, I remember everybody thought they're famous for being famous. And then, like, as time, uh, now as time goes on, you realize, oh, they were just their first influencers. Right. And influencing culture was just, they were the first ones. And I keep thinking with movies, is this where we're at now where, and it's nothing wrong, we've always marketed movies. But now where it almost becomes this this like cultural thing, every every movie's going to be trying to become a cultural well, meme. The, to me, that was the great success of the Marvel era, was that it tapped into that thing where people were more excited that a Marvel film was coming out in the beginning right. than maybe they even were about the content of, it, of the film itself. Right. And that sort of fandom and standom was kind of like took over. This runs parallel with what's happening in a lot of entertainment, I think, particularly the sports world, where I feel often like championship games or all-star games, the spectacle of it is what's sold and digested almost more than the game itself. And the meme, like before memes became a post, a visual like illustration or something, that meme was like a cultural um, gene really is where the word comes from. And I kept thinking, like, that's what this was. And then as I'm watching the previews to both movies, GameStop was a preview that's come a movie that's coming out, right, about GameStop uh, trading where everybody kind of got on board to stick a middle finger to the hedge funds. And I kept thinking, this is the same playbook. Create this, like, groundswell movement where yes. everybody goes to a movie and it has nothing to do. And, again, the movie was good. It wasn't like it was a bad movie. So it didn't, it didn't need this necessarily, but this made it into a thing. So I just wonder if that's where we're at now. We're like the cultural part of it. And maybe this even plays in a little bit to the NBA. We keep talking about that are never selling the game. It's it. They're that's selling it. The everything else. And we hate that about the NBA because we love the NBA. We love basketball. And yet it's become that. And I look at this as like Barbie is fun. But I keep wondering, is this what we're going to get? These fake marketing things to boost up a movie and it worked this time, so we're going to get more of it. I would think, yes, so. because And the conventional ways of asking people to come to the theater were increasingly futile and fruitless. Right. So, yeah, this works, right? And there's, I do think it kind of is an unstoppable movement in that probably permeates just about all of culture right, right. now. Where, where marketing has almost eaten the, the thing itself and is almost a bigger and more important thing than the content itself. And that can be reflected in a lot of business practices and infrastructure. Like it's all about eyeballs and then very few conversations about, is this good? Does this matter? Does this have a place for us? But also like, what's the end goal of it? Because you know who I think failed at the Barbie-fication of their own marketing this year? Was Dylan Brooks? Now did he fail? He got wow. eighty million dollars. Clip that. Just that <laughs> sentence. I need. <laughs> I'm going to draw a line between Barbie and Dylan Brooks here, and that is Dylan Brooks. I said this was trying to make himself the like hateable villain. Oh, you know this or that. Tech. And what happened? It blew up in his face. His team lost in the first round. Everybody blamed him, and his own team came out and said, "There's no world in which we're going to bring you back." Now he got eighty million dollars, so it ended up working out for him in the long run. <laughs> Not which a bad is like consolation. The, which just shows you how weird the NBA is. Yeah. That, like. He, uh, he failed in every way. Cool. Big, enormous contract. But that's my point is I think Dylan Brooks went into this thinking like, I'm going to barbification this thing yes. up. And yes. instead he ended up flopping. I can I can turn myself into Draymond without winning yeah. X rings first, yeah. just through the sheer power of, of how I sell myself. By the way, that has worked for a lot of people. And it kind of did work for Draymond. You know, I mean, it was, I think, more organic yeah. than it was with for Dylan. But he did... 
he did build his own myth in real time, right. right? The same stuff that you could describe as irresponsible or annoying for 99.9% .9 of players that have ever lived for Draymond. You go, man, that's that championship spunk. Right. So it can, it can work and it can pay off. But yeah, again, I think there are myriad examples of this across all these different aspects of culture where what you're, the job of what you're selling is more important than what you're selling. Right. Michael Malone, by the way, nailed his Barbie uh, marketing moment. Like, don't you think? But Michael Malone did a great job this year coaching, but it's like he multiplied it by a thousand <laughs> with everything that's come since. It's it's almost 30% of the NBA coaching job these days, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a very, sure. But it's the part I think he really understands. And it's there's a really good balance, I think, between playbook, this is, this is um, calculated, but also it can at least sound like it comes from an emotional and real place just about every time he speaks. And that's, again, I we talked about this throughout the season. I almost thought of him as a Hall of Fame microphone coach before right. I started. Nobody, to, yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like, well, but it kind of moved him up in my oh mind my a God, little are you bit. Kidding me? And now you go on this playoff run. And yes, he was coaching an all-time great in Jokic. But between the title and the way he talked himself into that place. People are going to talk about Malone as a top five, top six coach going forward. And I think both of those things are part of well, it. Well, how about this? Because ultimately, it's just if you win a lot. Like if this era Nuggets wins four championships, he's going to be like the 10th winningest coach of all time. Championships wise, maybe less than that. I don't know. I'd have to look at the list. It'd be a short list. But can he be the best personality like, who is on the personality head coaching Hall of Fame right now? Doug Moe might be up there. I mean, he was quite a character. You're, You're saying across the league or Denver? Or all what? time. I'm just yeah, saying all yeah. time in, in NBA. Just yeah. NBA, if you think about characters, mm -hmm. NBA coaches who were their own character. Like, I think Phil Jackson was a character. No be doubt. Because of, like, all of his, like, he would do the sage. And, you know, like, he was just a, an eccentric, you know. Um, Popovich, because he's so grouchy, which is kind of a lame one to have. But his, like, media snappiness yep maybe makes him iconic i just feel like michael malone i'm not sure whose belt it is right now but he can still the that was the funniest on the mic coach of all time and he can as he's astutely pointed out no one's paying attention or watching throughout the year he can run all of these back for the national media and we saw it in the finals he was dropping lines we've heard four or five years ago yeah and people are like eating it up you yeah. know what i mean so yeah he can go back to that playbook i really do think he the way he was willing to talk about the Lakers, we see a lot of Laker fans not liking that online. I bet that was well received by every other fan base yeah. in the league. Yeah. So there's there are things you can do to just and I'm you you can see it online now. Like man, that's the kind of guy I wish my you know I would want to play for. I wish my guys could play for. Who go outside basketball? But who are the iconic coaches in terms of they always have a good line? Oh man, that's a great question that I feel underprepared to answer. I know I'm thinking like, is there a college basketball coach or just I think Bill Parcells oh, had know, a lot of isms. Bruce, Bruce Pearl used to be this way. Like Bruce Pearl would be, he had a little Malone energy where he would, you never knew what he was going to say. Sure. Sure. Um, but Bel I, I mean, Bel Belichick has his own kind yeah, of Popovich he's thing Popovich, yeah. going. Yeah. Parcells always had isms as the chat points yeah. out. Um, oh, Bob Knight. <laughs> yeah, in a different way. In a different way. <laughs> in a different, in in a a different way. way. Um, I just wonder if Malone, like, it's weird to say nobody aspires to that, but you have to win to be famous enough. And then you have to stay around long enough, which means you have to win. But if he does and he keeps having like every year, there's a Malone on parade like thing. He just might become a guy that's like, hey, that coach, man, he was the best quote ever. Half-baked projection take 
rooted in very little research. So we've got this wave, right, in theory of younger analytic-minded coaches getting hired. Yeah. Think of our guy Coach D in uh, OKC. Um, <laughs> Marky D. Dag, Dagnot. Dagnot. These are guys that I think are going to be less prepared for that element of oh, it. Oh, so and Malone true. can stretch a long reign of just, he's winning because Jokic is awesome, and then he just gets to drop every, <laughs> every line he's ever wanted on all these kids with every, all the data in front of them. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, I also saw Oppenheimer this weekend. Loved it. 10 out of 10. Made me miss going to the movies. Um, I'll have to see it again. It's like a rare example of a movie that when it was over, I was like, I can't wait to watch this again. Cinematic event. Acting powerhouse, directing Un- powerhouse. Unbelievably shot, unbelievably acted, unbelievably cast. Thought-provoking. Thought-provoking. Then, I loved what it made me think about. It made me think about a million things, some like directly related to the plot or the story. Of this, that. Then the other, like, this is how you know a movie's good. It makes you think about random stuff oh, that's totally. only like barely tethered to it. Totally. I mean... I was in thought all night after the movie, just like in, in like blissful thought about like all these interesting just things. Just the concept of being principled itself or sure. impulsive at first and, and, and reflecting in morality after the fact, or are you principled and do you do that ahead of time? And... We could do this for hours, but it is, uh, it, it's thought-provoking, it's brilliant, and it's a thing that you would think you knew more about. You yeah, know what for, I'm saying? Oh, for sure. Totally. And then watching this film, you realize, like, right. I had absolutely zero context for right. the weight of this man's life and everything around him. And we were talking, I, there, it, there is another, like, most directors, I think, would have, like, the dramatic slow-motion montage of, like, you know, like, the, and this, I thought it was just so layered. It wasn't as simple as, like, oh, guy creates thing and it tortures him. It's like... There was lots of layers to it that I thought were just so well, and there's so many great actors and actresses in it. I just that movie, I give it ten. Dude, out it's of 10. cool. It's cool. I know some people are like, "Wow, first segment, you're talking Barbenheimer. How about the way we talked sports though and weaved it in and out?" But no, these are it's it's actually really cool to me that they're again a cinematic event. These two films together, how it worked out, like we're into this. We're into culture. We're right. into in the era of blah, as some as some have described it. We're into creating things that have meat on the bone for a consumer and, and that stuff. I don't know. It's just really cool to see people at the theater again. Damn it. Bobby says coach prime Dan Sanders, honestly starting off hot as a microphone. Echo. Hey, he might be, it's weird to think I'm telling you, we have Malone, Sean Payton dissing Nathaniel That's Hackett a great publicly, point, dude. and we have D- Coach Prime. Like we have three trash talking coaches so far. I love it. Let's become the city of trash talk. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, I want to talk about this championship experience for you, vote and for me. Hey, it's been a uh, it's been a crazy summer. A lot of ups, and ups can be a lot to handle too. Ups and downs. Life has uh, life has plenty to throw at you. You should feel prepared to handle it, and you don't have to handle it alone, especially with our friends at BetterHelp. Uh, this episode of DNVR Nuggets is brought to you by BetterHelp, of course, and I've benefited from therapy in the past. Medication is important. You know, building out your lifestyle to take care of yourself, have strategies to fight against. You know, whatever it is you're dealing with, that's all important, but it can be futile at times without talk therapy as well. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GNVR today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash GNVR. Get 10% off your first month. So I tried some kind love last night. I tried you their, did. Uh, I tried their raw sin reserve live rosin unbelievable really really good really clean experience helped me uh fall asleep in a nice gentle way tasted great felt great and that's the kind of 
consistency and quality you can expect from Kind Love, which is one of the first dispensaries in Colorado, been around since 2010. They do everything you know and love dispensaries for, plus they have their own products in the industry, like TurboCore. It's a 100 milligram stick that looks exactly like a toothpick. It's made of full spectrum cannabis concentrate, and you can just stick it in any joint you want. Enhances the experience. Visit one of their stores in Jerry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR. Receive the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. You can also visit their website at kindlove.com and use that code DNVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. All right, back here, segment two, before we get into the mailbag. And I'm curious to hear everybody's um, comments in the, in, in the comment section, how you relate to this. Because this year's championship was very interesting. Interesting in two ways. One, we collected more dubs than I think we could have imagined. Like, if you told me how the Nuggets win a championship, it wouldn't have been sweeping the Lakers. It wouldn't have been Jokic getting all the best centers in the NBA and just turning them into, like, uh, dust. It wouldn't have been Murray rising back to pre-bubble levels and beyond. All of the little boxes, like, there was almost no boxes left unchecked by the end of it. But... At the same time, it was never really in doubt. Like the, there wasn't that I know, pressure. I know. And the emotional apex, weirdly, in my opinion, came game three against the Lakers when they went up three games to zero. I agree. And from that point on, Denver's odds of winning it, whether it was Vegas or your own internal to intuition, no matter how pessimistic of a fan you are, your own internal odds were like, they're probably going to do this. They're, they're probably winning the title. So I do think that it was this weird where it didn't have a buildup that had a singular climax, the remote, and that p- maybe diluted it. But at the same time, there were a lot of dubs. So let me just start with this. In what ways do you feel the championship was, the experience, was everything you thought it would be? Well, first of all, they were, in fact, that much better, right? Mm. And it wasn't just that they got it done. It's that we long felt like and in, in an A-plus scenario, they could be by far and away the best team. And you can trickle that down to the individual level, that Jokic would be far and away the best player. And then, of course, the next layer than that, if you wanted to get greedy before it started, that Jamal Murray would show that he belongs in that elite conversation. And so it's one thing to just have the stamp of the title. It's another that... It was just a validation tour for all these guys from start to finish. The validation part, because there were worlds in which the Nuggets could get through and people would say the like luck thing. And the people that say that, this is how we say we collected dubs. There are people that say that, but it is so unpopular to say that. Right. And that's what's cool. And it was really in the Sun series when you talk about validation. To me, that might be the number one thing. People went from, is Jokic fraudulent? Are the Nuggets fraudulent? Might lose to either the Thunder or the Wolves. Whoever wins the play-in, either team might have a chance <laughs> to, by halfway through the Sun Series, we'll say seven games later, right? Five in the first, two in the, the, the one. Halfway through the Sun Series, people were like, is anybody going to be able to challenge this team at all? It was such a quick and overwhelming win, narrative win, right. before it was even a championship win. And to me, that might be the singular most impressive thing, is there's no tweet you can pull up from us from 2015 and later that hasn't been like, oh, yeah, that's a great callback. Yeah, it ultimately aged well. Ultimately, <laughs> Everything aged perfect. Well, my fa- one of my favorite parts, too, to continue the question, is that, look, we've been there, right? I'm not, yeah. you, they fall short, they lose, but you feel good about the season, you start rationalizing. How quickly it went to, like, man... The Suns got two games. They got two games <laughs> right, off these right. guys. What could that mean for the future? Lakers fans earnestly arguing 
Well, it was a really competitive sweep. sweep. <laughs> it was a competitive sweep. It makes it so much better. This is what Lakers fans don't get. They I think love it's it. like some kind of insult. No. It's like, oh, no. No, you mm. played your A-plus basketball for mm. four no, games. No, you did. Yeah, that was and the then you, got you swept. guys almost won a game. So there's, it's, again, it's, there's no doubt, right? Like you do, if you want to, feel free, but you do not have to reply to anyone. <laughs> you just don't. Who's <laughs> it? It's, it's Wade that has been like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, a hero. We a didn't hero. know we needed. He's still going. He's still going. It's unbelievable how many seats there are that bookmark that moby dick versus it's wade's bookmarks <laughs> yeah, no way i'm taking it's wade's bookmarks man he has been crushing it um what else what other ways was it exactly what you hoped or or expected well the celtics didn't make it <laughs> um, i oof. a lot of it to me is the narrative stuff so there's yeah. the narrative of we said they were going to be great but then there's also the narrative now of everybody is just like on board with them. Like the, the Nuggets have somehow managed to crush the Lakers and the Suns, two very popular teams, and yet they're still, they everybody seemed to be rooting for them, which yeah, was cool. Which was very cool. Well, also, ultimately, like it was a good result for basketball, too. Which oh, is, I love this. We're so excited. Ethical. In our, yeah, what an ethical <laughs> title. And we're so excited in an insular, like in our bubble. Yeah, they did it. But there's also, like, man, so many teams tried to take shortcuts to that title this year or just weren't well equipped to represent the league's best and the nuggets were built well played the right way i love i know people hate hearing that we get to say it right now and and that's that's maybe the best part for me one more thing uh michael porter jr i know people are like well he didn't play well in the finals i almost feel like it was it left us something wanting because he played great all playoffs but not the finals and it's like all right well next year that'll be that that's it that's 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 the next level and listen man he that's his first finals appearance as in terms of basketball reps a relatively young guy but you look back at it and it's the floor for porter was just higher all season and postseason than we ever thought and so it's Again, it's not just that they won. It's that as long as he's healthy, spare me conversations about trying to find a better fit. Like this works. This as it, and they're all still together. Yeah. You know, this wasn't the end of the timeline. They get to roll this into a year where, well, you know, they'll miss Bruce Brown, but the starters, the best starting five in basketball, are still together. All right. What about the other side of this? In what ways did it not feel as great or? Or maybe not even as great. In what ways did it not feel like what you expected? Finals were a little anticlimactic uh, with respect to the Heat. And, you know, game two, I definitely got nervous. But I love it. With respect to them. That's <laughs> the know. thing you say before you say they I were know. too boring. What are stupid? Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they weren't good enough. First of all, they're not listening. So yeah, who cares? True. Yeah. But I just, it w- I thought they were always going to beat the Heat. And then it looked that way for about 90% of the series. That's cool, by the way welcome outcome but i do in terms of emotional payoff you fight nug life for eternity there was something really weird about getting to the finals and being like they're gonna win aren't they it's the delayed gratification like the anxiety that you know hangs you over a cliff for weeks and then it, it all it releases in one moment and that's the thing for the nuggets is it didn't this year as i said the emotional apex was game three of the lakers series and even before that they were up two games to zero so there was never a point when you were like, this game is going to make or break it. The closest you could come was game five of the Suns series, but they kind of kicked the crap out of them that game. So it was like there was never the moments of tension that lasted and lasted and just hung there. And the fact that they won game three and you still had to do game four. So then you had another emotional peak after game four of that series and you go to the finals. Then you had nine days off before the finals began, which is an eternity. And all the while you're watching this Heat team going... 
They're going to smack these poor fools. And then they did. So I do think that that was the one thing. I like. I do think it would have been completely different. If you think about the Broncos Super Bowl, the first one, which maybe I'm the only one here old enough to, to really remember this, the, the helicopter um, run from John Elway, which, by the way, wasn't even that important in terms of like yardage gain, but it was supremely important in terms of like, oh, he's laying it all out on the field and, and just felt like the greatest thing. It was the greatest like one yard. He gained like one extra yard, but it felt like he gained 100. And that to me was like a real moment of supreme doubt that got lifted in there. Right. We never had that with the Nuggets. It was always a slow one. So for me, I think it's that. But I think there's a bigger lesson in it to me overall. Like I've always wondered. I've honestly dreaded this this in the ascension of the Nuggets. I've always thought like, what if it's not as satisfying as people think? And I and I think there's a little bit of that that I, I'm kind of experiencing. I but, agree. I agree. But it's more about it's supremely satisfying. <laughs> That's a long one too. I can always tell what a cop's going to be a really long one. Oh man, I can always. It's um. Sorry, everyone. There's like these moments where it comes. You see people will post on Twitter every now and then or in the chat. Like I just remembered we're champions. Like there's these moments with waves where it almost hits you where you're like, oh, that's right. This is dope. This is awesome. We did it. And then there's other moments where you just feels like Tuesday. And I think it really is for me one of those things where. If I were to make my top twenty moments of covering the Nuggets and being a Nuggets fan. The winning the title is only one of those. You know what I mean? And even though it's great, there's all these other moments that, like the seven, was in some ways just as euphoric. It didn't last as long. It wasn't as meaningful. But in the exact moment, it felt as cool. I agree. And that's both... It sounds on the surface almost discouraging, but I think it's actually encouraging that there's all these little moments that feel just as good, even if they don't last as long. Yeah, it's almost like another layer of you were right to be watching all along the way, right? Because not only does this moment have a bigger payoff, but you get that hindsight perspective on, oh, all of this payout, um, you know, all of this payoff exists throughout the regular season and throughout these moments of watching your team try to get to that level. And so... There is a there's a bragging rights card you get to take with you after watching your favorite team win. That finals. that part that's is, what's that part's really great. But it does it does remind you that it's it's the difference between the the championship versus like Embiid's forty seven on Yoke, which it. they still call back. But it's right. like cool, I'm sure dude. that felt amazing. Yeah, I'm sure but, that felt cool back then. Uh, but it holds no weight, you know, and yeah. that's the difference. But again, I like that because it's just a reminder that. Not everything has to go exactly the way you hoped for you to get what you're looking for out of sports, because those, those those euphoric moments exist on the way and in between. Kale, how's it been for you? Kale's behind the mic here. Um, is it what you expected? In ways you guys have already said yes and no. There was moments where like it felt just as satisfying as I thought it was going to be, having bought in on this team so early. So like that was really satisfying, but it was almost also weird that the emotional climax for me was game three against the Lakers. And right. that's the like most euphoric I felt through the entire run. I agree. And that almost to me compares with like the bubble game seven against Utah. Yeah. Where that one to me was almost more of a peak of euphoria because again, it was in doubt until literally the last second. I will say what's been better than I thought, though, is the post-championship glow. Yeah. Like, all summer getting to just be like, I'm yeah. champions, you can't tell me anything. Every argument you get into with yeah. people about the Nuggets, you're just like, well, we won. So. Well, honestly, you know what I have not encountered since the title is any Jokic slander. True. You know what I mean? I'm just not running into it. There aren't people that are like, well, I don't know if he... It's like, nope. Not, a, not a single tweet has made me mad. Not a single one. Like he's A lot of them make me happier than I was before. Yeah. 
Um, which is rare. And then lastly, before we move on here, Vo, what, like this upcoming season, how could it go in a way that would be a completely new and equally, if not even better experience? Oh, man. You already got the Lakers. Like, I don't think you could run that back because it wouldn't feel at the same, quite the same. It's a great question. It's a great question. You need the Suns again, maybe the Warriors, just for just for just to clean it up, full circle, <laughs> you know, just poetic yeah. full circle. I would say it's probably more about kind of how it happens. Um, maybe it's some version of it's it's not about yoke quite as much. I'm not sure I could put my finger on that man because this was a this was a this was a perfect run. For me and my agendas and everything I wanted to see happen, it was just about perfect. So is it better if they go like 16-0 and next year and become arguably the greatest team ever if they run 16-0 and in the playoffs? Or is it better if they go to a Game 7 in a key series and there's a huge fourth quarter performance? Yeah, I, I kind of think the second one. And I know that's an insane, greedy, almost greedy thing to say, but it is what was missing, right? So, And some of my favorite titles from some of my non-favorite non-Denver located favorite sports teams, I won't name them. It was it was the moments right up until the end of I truly do not know if this is gonna happen. You know, they right. got this close. We all got this close and it's still up in the air. Because that is what you know, that's what gives birth to the the most beautiful moments of euphoria that only sports can provide. Jokic last year got LeBron, swept LeBron. And LeBron's old in age, like Lakers kind of had their own Cinderella run. I feel like there was there is something important like to taking the it from the previous guy and like this has been LeBron's league for, for several years maybe the last few ambiguously so because there's changing of the guards but I do think there's something from taking it from LeBron and LeBron leaving it all on the court in Game Four and it just being like Nah Yoke's got this still like it's, you're you're <laughs> you're only doing this to to save face to me there's something cool about that but I'm not sure what the next one would be it, maybe Embiid maybe it would be go- I, part of me thinks like. 76ers fans love that regular season game, you know, bringing it up. And there would be something, too, if Embiid just, you know, again, dominates Yoke in the regular season, you know, has these big-time performances, and then they meet in the finals, and it's, like, completely different. Like, a complete, like, as definitive of a knockout punch as you can get, where it completely invalidates every regular season thing. The only problem is, I don't want 76ers to get that far. Well, I don't think you have to worry about it. But it's it's tough. It's it's tough. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because it does feel like that conversation's done in such a without a head to head matchup. I don't think I've ever seen a matter settled so emphatically in my life yeah. as the MB. So I'm kind of past it. I do, I do wonder if there's still any juice to let's say Giannis makes it back in a totally non fluky way. Yeah, um, because we got to see what not a lot of folk did, which was Giannis and Jokic guarding each other yeah, in a must win awesome. game in Belgrade. And watching it, you're like, well, these are the two best players alive. And Jokic looked better. So I just that I think the national audience, American audience seeing that and Giannis is playing his best and he's putting up those monster stat lines and no one can stop him from dunking. But it doesn't mean he wins the finals. Right. And so there may be more lessons Jokic can teach us about about what it looks like to be great and what it looks like to win. 
Yeah, I think so too. Beating Giannis too is Giannis is the only guy that really has a claim. I mean, Luca this year, if he comes back and ha- you know his numbers are so supreme that it's going to be maybe it's his time. Right, that's a good one. Yeah. But I do think that beating Giannis would be a right now. Most people are like Yoke's the best in the game, but beating Giannis would be like guys, everybody get out, everybody get out. Because if someone says Giannis, I disagree, but I, I'm not going to get yeah. fired up. I mean, he had 50 points in, a, in the finals. Yeah. All right, let's take a break on the other side. Let's open up this mailbag. Some really good questions came in from you guys. Yeah, let's do it. Dude, how about game time? I'm actually trying to go see the Colorado Rockies. Are you? Hey, this is... This Big is, trade. This is a show of support in the team at least picking a direction. I said, that's what I was going to say. Our Rockies people are telling me you know, that this was great. an important, you know. I've been on that show, and even I've sat there and said, just pick just pick one. Yeah. Actually try or don't. Um, and so, hey, they made a trade. I don't think they're going to look much better, but I'm going to try to go see them. Also, it's just a great to see baseball in the summer. No matter what Denver event you're trying to see, concert, sports. Are you going to walk there? you got to download the Game Time app. Of course I'm going to walk there. It's, it's Denver, baby. It's, it's walkable. so sweaty. Nah, dude. I got, we'll talk about it later, but I got some new products. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to But I got to talk products. to you right now about Game Time, which helps you see any concert, any team, like your defending NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. Download the Game Time app now. Join the uh, the millions that have used this app. Use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Volo Sports. I actually ran into a fellow at Volo Sports who I used to work with at my old job in LA. It was really cool, exchanged numbers, hung out. What a treat. That's the kind of experience you can expect with Volo. You get to go recreate, you get to go play some sports. We also get to meet some new people. So if you're new to Denver or just looking to expand that social circle, Volo, the largest social sports company in the US, is a great way to do it. We play with Volo so the kids can play for free. The Volo Kids Foundation is a separate 501c3 that provides free sports camps to kids in each city. You might see DNVR out and about. We've got a Volo team. We've already participated in a variety of leagues, and you can sign up for all of them as a free agent. Registration closes on Thursday, August 3rd. Sign up before it's too late. Get your Volo pass and start playing in leagues as a free agent today. Make sure to use code DNVR10 for $10 off at www.volosports.com slash DNVR. All right, Kale, let's dig deep into the mailbag here. Um, We got some good ones here. I like this one. What year, actually this one I think came up somewhere else what year will be the peak Jokic year i like this one now let me i did some research here i prepared some research I okay like look at the all-around players first your lebrons your hardens your magic johnsons your larry birds the guys that do a little bit of everything they tend to peak between 25 and 30 with 30 being the last year i think james harden's age 29 season was his best um lebron he had two peaks, like 24, and then again, like at 29. Those were his regular season peaks. Then you usually have a playoff peak that is separate. I think LeBron's best year ever was 2016. He was plus of, north of 30 by that point already. But in the playoffs, that was his best. In the regular season, it was probably 2013. Um, and then you look at guys like Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was 30 years old in 2007. That would have been his fourth title. He was dropped. He had games with nine blocks in the playoffs. Like he had triple, you know, near triple doubles. He had monster games. He was unbelievable. And his regular season peak was 29. So I say that to say that it's possible it's already past Yoke, but it's also possible he's got like two more years of window to where typically you have a chance to have your best regular season. Yeah. 
I actually think increasingly so these days, you know, athletes at age mm. 30, 31, I think, cause it's going to be, you know, the conventional athletic peak, right? 28 years old, 29 years old, like that's, we might see that change. I think at, through sports science that guys can carry their, their peaks a little more into their early thirties. And with basketball, as we've learned through Jokic's career to begin with, some so much of this we make about their athletic peak and if they're declining, but athleticism, even for some of the most dynamic players of all time, is not necessarily the most important trait. LeBron is one of them, right? Who that second Cavs stint was he quite as athletic as he was in his prime, physical prime? No, but he was a far smarter player than he'd ever been before. He had seen every defense, had back had been up against the wall. And I think that stuff matters more for the all-time great players, right? Of just notching experiences, knowing why you've lost, why you've won. Especially for a guy like Yoke, who's not jumping and sprinting to begin with. So at age 30, 31, is he just the smartest player we've ever seen? <laughs> we like to say, like, oh, how could this guy get better? But he's gotten better every season. Yeah. And we there's really no reason to put a hard ceiling on it until we see that. So this last season, it's hard to say what his best year was. You know, if you go by the advanced stats, like let's just go by block, box plus minus. He's basically 9.13 years ago, 9.2 two seasons ago, and then 8.5 last year. That All those numbers are historic, and it really just comes down to how many shots did he take, and that's the only difference. But the numbers were all great. If you go back, his true shooting percentage was best last year, and he was closest to a triple-double, 9.8 assists. But his scoring was down. The year before, scoring was at an all-time high. Rebounding was at an all-time high, but his assists were down. The year before that, you know, twenty. He it was another rounded one, 26, 11, and eight. So all three of these years, to me, are equal. Do you feel like there was a year that was better in the regular season than the others? Uh, I'm sorry. Of the last, last three, question. last three seasons for Jokic, was one better than the others? Or do you kind of just put him in this like he was in that range? Uh, I actually think this third year was his best year. Why? I think it was some of what we were just talking about, uh, of like, I felt like having gone through those two years prior, he was just better equipped to like, there was nothing left you could do to surprise Jokic in my opinion. So I just think that third year, he looked more in control of the game than ever before. Last year though, or two seasons ago, rather, that's when he had most of his iconic games. We think about the Clippers game. We think about the New Orleans game where Larry Nance said nobody's ever played better. Like, that's a great point. Like he had maybe more of those games in him. Um, the playoffs this year, he had more. I'll just say, I to me, it's a three-year peak that I don't know that there's a huge discernible difference other than the intangible stuff you're talking about, that's which it. is it seems like he can do more when needed. I'm going to go ahead and say... I think that statistically, he's going to have the next two years areas where he is at an even higher peak, and he's going to have statistical areas where he is lower. Meaning, I don't know if he's going to average a triple-double, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has his best three-point percentage year. Or I don't know if he's going to score 27 a game again, but he might get you know, 11 assists. I, something is going to be in that, in that zone. What I will say is, Jokic was pushed in this playoffs but not as much as I think he can be. And what do we say about Yoke? He's a goldfish. He grows to the size yeah. of his bowl. So whatever his regular season peak is, I think his peak playoff game and probably his peak playoff series is ahead of him. I love that. And I think that is is not as tied to the age thing, right? Like we just watched Jimmy Butler dig right. deep for some of his best performances ever. Um, LeBron too can still do it. I mean, not as much, but that's a that's a more extreme example. So, yeah, I mean, there's still I, th I think there are levels he can go to in the postseason, because as you just 
pointed out, he wasn't really challenged enough. And this is what I mean, man. Like when he went up against Anthony Davis and there was, you know, equal playing field, meaning he wasn't missing a key player or whatever, Jokic just dominated him. And we're not surprised. And this is why I look at Embiid and I go, I just feel like if they met in the playoffs, which would have to be the finals, I think we're going to see the best Yoke. I think Embiid would force Yoke to be like, all right, I got to go into my bag in right, this one. And right. he would. And it would be an all-timer. And I just think at some point he probably is going to need one of those. He had Murray. You know, they were yeah, winning everything yeah. else. But at some point he's going to need one of those and we're going to get it. We're going to get the New Orleans game, but in a playoff game. I actually do love this about Embiid. I don't know if I would love it as a Sixers fan as much because I think we just learned some lessons about what's important in the bigger picture. But I love that he almost doesn't give Yoke an excuse. Not that Yoke takes them, but he's just like, no, man, we're doing this. Right, right. I know you're trying to play basketball. I'm trying to play against you. Yeah. Um, and the former perspective might be why Jokic is a, more of a winning player. All the same, that'd be really, really cool to see uh, on the big stage. Along the same lines, if Jokic could add one thing to his game over the offseason, what would it be? Well, first of all, I don't think he's adding anything. I think he's doing horse racing and rafting. But if he were, we, never, we talk about all these other guys. What can Jokic add? We, the easy answer was once the three-point shot, but he just... 38%. Looked, I mean, he looked unbelievable from three when it he mattered in the... He only took two a game. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean... And then in the playoffs, he took a lot more, which is kind of dope. That's kind of what I'm saying. And then in the playoffs, he was lethal. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the answer is to that question anymore. We could say leadership, but it sounds like he got better in that regard. Listen, Just listen to this. What was his lowest series three-point shooting this year? They had four series. What was the worst one he shot from three? Like, I don't know. Let's go 38. 42%. Yep. What was the second worst? 44. 44. 44.4. Third worst, 47. And then in the first round, he shot 11 of 22, 50%. <laughs> he shot 50, um, 44, 47, and 42% from three. Good one from 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, get to the line more. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Which maybe there are things he can do. The only thing with that, the only thing with that is I just don't want his attention to go to the refs too much because yeah. I think that's one of his Achilles heels, or used to be, I should say. I, I have leadership written down here, and this is kind of like, I'll be more specific about it. We heard reports... Even from Bruce Brown talking about how serious and how much Yoke was talking in the playoffs, you probably save that more. Like we probably won't know or see this one until the postseason because I do think there's something too. If Jokic is talking nonstop in October, November, December, by the time you get to May, his voice might be annoying. Mm. Somebody told me Ty Lue used to not coach defense until the playoffs because he wanted when he started talking it to be fresh and the gut teams to be locked in. And I wonder if Yoke intuitively to some degree has a sense of this of like if i tell people every day if i try to pump them up eventually it becomes white noise but in the playoffs we heard that he would take the clipboard that he would tell michael malone hey we should go here we should be trying this stuff to me i would love it if yoke came into camp and said you know coach i've been thinking about it all summer we've got to integrate mpj or we've got to stagger more or we got to do something and he's like and i got some ideas and to me michael malone i think would welcome this but I think the team could use it, and to me, that would be a great use for him to say, I know where we need to go. It, we need to go here. Coach, can you help right, us right. get to that point? And then, you know, Jamal can be the guy that just screams, wake up <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. middle of February, right? <laughs> right, right. And, but, and Yo can maybe some of his input is valuable in what it looks like even when he's off the court Yeah, with the bench. I mean, he's the smartest basketball player I've ever seen, so I would imagine he has some wisdom to part there. Uh, so... 
Yeah, I think that's the easy, that's the big answer. It's sort of the hardest one to get specific about because these are the doors we're not, we're not in the huddles, we're not on the floor. It's very hard to know precisely what he does and doesn't say. But that does seem to be something Malone calls for and with some improvement this season. Would you rather go back-to-back champs or win three in five years? I'm not married to this at all, but I've decided I'm going to go with back-to-back champs. Because they got this year, and the only thing left is like, well, it was kind of an easy, which isn't even true, but like it was kind of an easy, like they got they got an easy, easy path. And so to just do it again the next year and be like, what's up? What's left? I, I'll always take the more titles. Three and five years is very spursy. The there would be something that's probably a little less satisfying, but... You know what? It still prolongs the experience you get to have. Um, but I'll tell you this. At the moment, I'm feeling supremely greedy. <laughs> I'd rather both. <laughs> let's get back to back and three and five. In fact, let's get three and three years. Why don't we? Why not? Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, I have a, one of my probably my favorite question. You could choose a player in the league that had a bad reputation for something to come and completely redeem himself. Who would it be? I got some good ones lined up. You know what they say about back-to-back champions? Don't look them directly in the eyes, at least not without some polarized sunglasses on. That's where Shady Rays comes in. Not really part of their marketing campaign, what I just said. But they are a sunglasses company, and we love them because they're an independent sunglasses company that offer a world-class product. It's durable. It looks good. It feels great. And... You can uh, pretty much shop risk-free with Shady Rays. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our DNVR Nuggets listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNVR for 50% off. Half off. Two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. We're back. And we are back. All right, let's get back into these questions here. I love this one. If you had it to choose a player in the league that had a bad reputation for something to come to the Nuggets and have a complete redemption season and show they were a winning player, who would you choose and why? Boogie. Just kidding. Uh, okay. That one, I wouldn't, though, you know? I like, know. I wouldn't either. Can I still take Ben Simmons? Oh! <laughs> well, it's hard because of the contract he's on. Sure. So but we're playing a game, like, right? Yeah, we're playing a game. It's almost like if he got bought out and released sure, from his contract in KBA. Sure. sure, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I take know. the flyer. Uh, it, it, within the context of this question, not in is reality. This, well, hold on a second. Because is this more because it didn't work with Embiid and him coming here? Is it more because you root for Ben Simmons? Is it more There's because definitely not that. his value is so low? It's It's a little bit of the first and the third one there. Obviously, it would be the ultimate, like... Tearful interview with uh, uh, Taylor Rooks where he says, Jokic saved my life. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what a teammate looks like. Yeah, he's the best big man, but he's even a better person. But he means it. He's the best player in the league, and he's my best friend. (laughs) So there's some of that. But also just who... Is there... such a good answer. Good job, Is there a more talented player with, like, a, a lower stock right now? And... It'd just be the ultimate... <laughs> like, Wind would never stop talking about the Nuggets culture. Oh, my God. He would never. Hang on. Quick tangent. Yeah. Harrison Wind, on vacation, yeah. scheduled tweets about Jokic's horse's stats. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Do you have another one? I want to hear this if you keep going. That was such a good one. Um, sorry, what's the question? You just answered it. I know. 
It's, What's it's, going on right it's now? It's scary for me too. That is one of the most absurd things that's happened. What just happened? Show. He literally <laughs> he answered, answered the question. The question. That oh, I asked Ben Simmons. Him. Oh, yeah. Nope, quite, well, I mean, that was your answer. Yeah, that, no, but it led me to the question. <laughs> do you have? Do you have any? I want to hear if you have another one. It was so good. I have a bunch. You go. You go first. All right, Lonzo Ball. What's his fatal flaw injury? It just would be cool if he came to the Nuggets, was healthy. Well, Jokic healed him. <laughs> yeah, it's not about that. Just not, rub some Rakia into he's the He's actually Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even about that. It's not even about that. It's just, I love Lonzo Ball. And if he somehow came here, this was Sean Livingston, by the way. He couldn't get, stay on the court. And then he went to the Warriors and was like a key piece to them. It'd be cool if Lonzo Ball had this so little true. two, three year window where it was like, you know what? He checks in. You're like, another baseline turnaround? What's going on? <laughs> Um, I have DeMar DeRozan, who I don't like. DeRozan's currently still like a star player, but I do mm. think you, I just like DeRozan, and he's kind of thought of right now as like a losing player. And I just think it would be cool if he came in and was like the Nuggets' is six man, but he, but elite six man, fit into the culture, balls pop, everything. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. And, and he's well loved. I actually think he's one of the all time likable yeah. guys. And I think Denver fans would love him. Oh, man, he tears up. He's like, you know, once I left Toronto, I never thought I'd get to be a part of a real, like, team, yeah. be a part of this again. Um, but to be here with Jokic and the fellas. And the fellas, man. I loved, I like DeRozan. Uh, I have Herb Jones. He can't shoot. What if he came to Denver and could shoot? <laughs> What's wrong with Herb Jones' stock? <laughs> Dude, it's the weirdest stock of all time. Yeah, it's, like, so true. low now. It's true. Right? At the moment, it's, like, down. He's kind of down. Yeah. Um, and, Dyson and Daniels and might take his himself, place. himself, not a bad one. Um, I think uh, I love Paul George. This is my Paul George thing. I, it's probably I'm not ready for it quite yet, but there would be a something to Paul George like DeRozan coming to Denver <laughs> and, be, and just being like, I never played on a team like this, all the different places he went. All right, let me hear it. Sorry, not to interrupt. Paul George is a great one. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> backs up Jokic <laughs> or plays alongside him, but but it just looks better. You know, actually, he can play defense. Nah, a he's in the boogie category where it's like it's too much. Yeah, he'd be like, I brought the winning culture. Yeah, that's that's like, God dang it, that's true. Guy. He's this like, team. this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They really they told me they needed me. Um, I think Cam Johnson is just a guy I really love. Right now, they don't think he can defend. I think he can. He'd be a fun one to come to to, to come to Denver. And then the last one I have here is Luca. Because at the moment, what is the redemption with Luca? He can only play his style. He's like James Harden. You just, everybody else has to get out of the way. What if Luca did come to Denver in like three years from now, extended the window even more, but played ball as popping ball? Just, just swinging. Just swinging just the ball. Swinging left and, and right. Get, he plays just Point like Jokic. Yeah, yeah. It's just boom, 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 That's boom, a great boom. one. Great. I, I like that one. Obviously, uh, in another level of unrealistic. Five, 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 five ish. Westbrook, dude, have you seen the way people talk about Westbrook, like teammates and stuff? He really does seem like the best teammate. He's rude with the media. He's like a dick with the media, right? And so the media gives him no breaks. And Everyone in his life loves him, and he does have like he plays a style that is, is so far has not been very malleable. And when he's in a situation where that fits, it's great. But teammates all talk about him and how much he wants to do the right thing. If he had a last, if the Nuggets became the destination for DeRozan and Westbrook to come join the bench for one year and get their chip, but they actually do it, I would be with this. I think that'd be cool. West, As bit players. Westbrook you know? feels like the Bruce Brown role. You know what I mean? Totally. Just starts calling D'Lo trash. You're like, this is awesome. <laughs> that this was a good question. Awesome. I like those that's ones. A, that's a good question. Um, James Harden. <laughs> 
Is MPJ's actually yet yeah, continued growth more important for his offense or defensive upside? And then he has a secondary part here. Yeah. Would it be okay if MPJ's leap, this is the real question, if MPJ's leap next year is mostly on the d- defensive side? Strong yes. You're in. Yeah, strong yes. Like, listen, they went 16 and four, friends. You know, it was good enough. If he gets better on defense, that's a higher floor. And then one of the biggest elements you lost from the title team is the the malleability, there's a word of, of switching and closing with Bruce instead. Yeah. But if you feel better about Porter as a defender, that's less of an issue. So obviously I would like to see an offensive leap, but I would very much take just a defensive leap. I think the Nuggets would look great again. A defensive leap means he is a thought of, rightfully so, thought of as a true three ND. Like right now, three, because we keep thinking, how does he off the dribble game or this or that? But what if it really is like his offense doesn't really expand? He scored 17 a game last year. It wasn't like he didn't score. Right. Scored well. But defensively, he was like a, 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 a true defensive impact player. I don't know if it's realistic to think all, all defense. Because that's yeah, like we're starting yeah, to get up there. But if he really was a guy that was just like, no, man, he really shut down so-and-so. Yeah. Or when he was on the court, they just couldn't get to the rim because he was blocked. He had that game with six blocks. You know, and it was a loud six blocks or something. To me, that would be an awesome story for him. I would love it. And I actually think it's it's more possible, not maybe how we framed it, but some version of that leap is possible. I'm convinced it's his drop foot, man, or some something I, about it. Totally, like Totally, totally. If it just somehow goes away, like a continued rehab, and all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Now I can walk without a foot brace. You can kind of tell. Look, when Porter can move, yeah, plays pretty well. Yeah. Both ends. But I think I think not being able to move is a lot of it. Be a pretty great one. Oh, wow. Oh, I was like, oh, we didn't know uh, we had a guess. And then the last one I have here is just give me some must-dos for visiting Denver. What are your must-dos? Let me hear your list. I'm going to embarrass myself. Can I just, in general, obviously, you have to get, you absolutely, absolutely have to get to the mountains. I know it's not in Denver, but it counts. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I put Rocky Mountain National Park because for me, if you're from out of the state, Mount Evans in the summer, you can climb up and that gives you a good sense of like, you yep. know, the mountains. But Rocky Mountain National Park to me is a full day. You go there, and you can spend the time hiking, driving, whatever. Gorgeous. Yep. Not going to get it. Trail Ridge Road. Oh, it's gorgeous. Grand Lake does it for me. I know it's a different part. That's the of same, the mountain, though, actually. You go over yeah, Trail Ridge yep. and land in Grand Lake. So, yep, there's that. Red, Red Rocks, easy answer. Um, Denver, you got to go see every every sports team, especially the Rockies, I actually think. I know that sounds like a joke, but Coors is a gem. Downtown stadiums are, that, are, that work well yeah. um, are just such a contribution to a, a – a positive downtown culture and the team is so bad i know but i love rockies games i think they're a must must hit i like sending people to rhino to go out because i think you can get a little bit of whatever you want like you can get outdoor patio beer culture yep. you get you know microbrewery micro distillery and then you can get like bar culture if you want to go there as well yep. um definitely getting a good view of the city avante i think has a avante is my favorite view it's a good place for like your first time to denver go there you can get a good view and have a totally. drink and there's a lot of different types of 17th food 17th street is underrated in my opinion it is it's great park, yeah. the park and coast Steubens yeah. kind of area That's really good I, and then obviously the various parks i would say um if you're just looking to like hang out at the park park days are great days man one thing too like if you can't get to a game in person there's I think it's called the DNVR bar on York. Oh, that's Col- it. Yeah, 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 right there in Colfax. It's a cool New York. place to check out. Really cool place to go. All right, that does it. We're going to vacate the office here as we have a baseball show coming up with a special guest. They just made a trade. So if, you're, if you've checked out on the Rockies, man, check in on this one. Find out what it's all about. Um, hit that like button for us on the way out. We'll see you tomorrow.
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.